All right, y'all, what is going on? This is your man, L. Jamal, coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds. This is a place where you can say what you want as long as you got the facts. Today is going to be a sports day. Today, I'll be breaking down some more college football. I got a couple more uh, conference preview, previews for you guys. Uh, we made it past the Power 5 conferences. Now, we are in the major, uh, the mid-major conferences. So, today, I'll be going over the Mountain West Conference as well as Conference USA. I'll also be giving you guys an up to, well, and uh, a middle of the week uh, going into the end of the week uh, baseball update as well I got the standings the scores and I got some news as well so let's just get right into it uh, like I said I got the college football preview here uh, part three or four whichever one it is it doesn't really matter well let's get right into it of course we're going to break down uh, these smaller conferences here we're going to start off with the Mountain West now last year the Mountain West everything uh, pretty much uh, played itself out like this uh, Boise State would end up winning the Western uh, the Mountain Division excuse me with a 7-1 conference record with a 10-3 overall record. Utah State would come in second in that division, finishing 7-1 in conference play and 11-2 overall. Wyoming would come in third, finishing 4-4 four four in conference play and 6-6 six six overall. Air Force would finish 3-5 in conference play and then 5-7. And, and then uh, New Mexico would finish 1-7 in conference play and 3-9 overall. Excuse me. In the Western Division, Fresno State would come out on top. They would win that division with a record of seven and one in conference play and they will go on and uh, go on and go 12 and two overall nevada will finish the season five and three in conference play and eight and five overall uh, up next we have san diego in the western division they will go on to finish four and four in conference play and then seven and six overall we also got unlv here in las vegas two and six in conference play four and eight four and eight overall and finally at the bottom we have san jose state who finished one and seven in conference play one and eleven overall. Fresno State would defeat Boise State in the conference championship, nineteen to sixteen. Some key ball games for the Mountain West Conference. We have the New Mexico Ball, uh, where Utah State was able to get that win, fifty-two to uh, fifty-two to thirteen over North Texas. In the Las Vegas Ball, uh, we have Fresno State getting it done against Arizona State, thirty-one to twenty. And then finally, in the Hawaii Ball, uh, Hawaii took the, took a loss there to Louisiana Tech. Uh, Excuse me, Louisiana Tech won that game 31 to 14. And uh the Mountain West outside of that did not do that uh, did, not, did not do that bad uh, in these ball games. I think they went four out of the, four out of six in those ball games. Uh, but let's move on uh, to this year. We're gonna start off with the um, all conference team. Uh, starting off with that first team, of course, we have quarterback Jordan Love Jr. Jordan Love, excuse me, a junior out of Utah State. Uh, last year he uh, he completed 64 percent of his passes for 3,567 yards, also 32 touchdowns and six interceptions. We also got running back Jalen Bright, 888 yards for 10 touchdowns. And on the special uh, special team side of things, we have kicker Cooper Roth, who, who made 100% of his extra point attempts last year and also went 16-17 on his field goals for 76 points. Now, of course, I'm not going to name everybody on the first and second team, but just some of the more notable guys. Uh, let's go to the first team defense. Uh, we have defensive lineman Tipa Galea, Senior at Utah State last year, he had ten and a half sacks. He is, uh, he is 
going to be the the leading sack uh, the leading sack artist that is returning this year in the conference as well. We also got the leading tackler in the conference from last year, uh, linebacker David Woodard, a junior out of Utah State last year. He was able to compile 134 total tackles, and we also have a safety Juju uh, Juju Hughes, a senior at Fresno State last year. He had four interceptions. Uh, that was enough to lead the conference. Uh, let's move on to the second team on the offensive special teams. We have quarterback Cole McDonald uh, Jr. out of Hawaii. He completed 58.9% of his passes last year for 3,875 yards, also 36 touchdowns uh, and 10 interceptions. Up next, we have Robert receiver JoJo Ward out of Colorado State. He's a junior. Last year, he caught 51 catches for 865 yards and also nine touchdowns. We also got kick returner John Hightower, a senior out of Wyoming. On defense, you have defensive lineman Jasal Haynes, a senior. Uh, uh, out of Fresno State last year, he had 19 total tackles, uh, five tackles for loss, and also three sacks. He also got linebacker Ethan Aguayo. Last year, he had 106 total tackles and four interceptions. And at safety, you got Jeremy uh, Vegedellum. He had 104 tackles last year, as well as three interceptions. Let's move on to the recruiting. Uh, we're going to go from the bottom to the top. So starting at the bottom, we have New Mexico here who brought in 26 overall com uh, commits. They brought in 12 three-star recruits, including uh, inside linebacker James Lewis, who is the 12th rated three-star linebacker in the nation. They also brought in offensive guard Austin Cook. For San Jose State, they brought in 21 overall recruits, 20, exact, uh, 20 excuse me, 11 three-star recruits uh, to be exact as well. Uh, and they brought in athlete B.J. Johnson and also defensive black defensive back Stan Livingstone Jr. For Hawaii, they are the next team up. They brought in 23 commits in total. They will bring in 13 three-star recruits. Uh, excuse me. Uh, and they were also, that included athlete, um, oh, I'm sorry, defensive end, uh, Nason, I'm sorry, Mason Vega, who was a 10th rated uh, three-star defensive end in the nation. They also brought in outside linebacker Tiger Peterson, who was a 19th rated three-star prospect in Hawaii. Uh, up next, we have Hawaii here. They brought in 50 commits. I don't, I don't, see too many teams bringing in that many but again they brought in 12 three-star recruits including three-star wide receiver xavier gilleroy and also offensive tackle mark uh he stand uh for unlv they came in at number eight in the conference they brought in 21 overall commits including 12 three-star recruits including quarterback travis uh I think that's Travis Mumphrey. Yep. And we also got outside linebacker Victor Veramontes. Uh, for Wyoming, they brought in 24 guys, 12 three-star recruits, including athlete. Um, I think that's Shea uh, Suanea and also defensive end Alonzo Hall. They also brought in quarterback Titus Swin. For Nevada, they brought in 19 commits, uh, 15 three-star recruits, including three-star wide receiver Jamal Bell and also defensive back Cameron uh, Stevens. For San Diego State, they were bringing 21 commits, uh, 17 three-star prospects, including uh, running back Justin Dinka and also running back, I'm uh, sorry, athlete who may end up playing running back as well, Breon Penny. Uh, at the number four spot, we have Utah State here. They brought in 27 guys, 23-star recruits, including inside back, a linebacker, excuse me, Christian Lavelle and also uh, athlete Dominic Tatum. We are... Um, Ooh, uh, some more recruiting here at the number three spot. We have Fresno who brought in 24 guys, including 23 star recruits that included athlete 
Jalen Cooper, who is a 22nd, uh, 22nd rated three-star athlete in the nation. We also got defensive back Devin Jarvis and also safety Reggie Strong Jr. For Colorado State, uh, they were bringing 21 overall commits, including 17 three-star recruits. Uh, that would include defensive back Brandon Crossley and also offensive tackle Alex Azuzensis. We also got, at, that means at the number one spot, we have Boise, the best recruiting, recruiting team in this conference, usually they rank nationally as well. Uh, sometimes within the sometimes within the top 25, sometimes a little bit outside of that. Uh, but Boise State will uh, will bring in three four-star recruits and also 14 three-star recruits. I believe their total was about 23 overall commits. Uh, but they would also bring in four. They would bring in four-star tight end Austin Griffin, who was the number one four-star prospect from California. They also brought in defensive back Kafari Buffalo. Uh, some key games for this conference uh, we have on September the 21st, we have Utah State and San Diego State. This is a, uh, I, I would say this is an important game because the teams that can compete, uh, especially in their respective divisions, I feel uh, that a win by either team could put them in the right direction, especially early in the season, a good tra trajectory. Uh, coming up November the 9th, uh, we have another important game, Utah State versus Fresno State. Fresno State is more than likely going to be your favorite coming out of the West, out of that Western division. So, again, uh, a, a good game against another solid team, that being Utah State. Uh, Utah State, uh, they finished second in that mountain division last year, in their own division uh, last year. So, again, we're going to have two teams uh, tee off against each other. I think two teams that could possibly challenge for a conference title. We already know Fresno State's going to be uh, pretty much a favorite uh, by a lot of experts. And But then Utah State, again, like I said, they finished second in their division last year. They finished 7-1 in, in their conference uh, in conference play last year as well. So, again, two, uh, two really good conference teams teeing off of each other in a very important time of the season and finally we have Boise State traveling to Utah State of course there's nothing that needs to be said there Boise State will more than likely be the favorite to win a division Utah State is probably going to be right in line about second place that game is going to pretty much determine the winner of that division I think there's no way around it I think Utah State remains in the mix just like they were last year Boise State of course is going to probably uh, look to win a division and look to win uh, a conference championship uh, so let me take a step away from all that and maybe make some predictions. I definitely have Boise State as a favorite uh, to win this conference again. Uh, they did not do so. They, they were really close last year. They only lost a championship game by three points. Uh, I think nothing much, nothing too much changed for them. They're still bringing back a lot of uh, a lot of their starters from last year. Um, I definitely uh, like Boise. They recruited very well this year. I got Boise winning the conference. I think it's going to be a little bit close, uh, but my close dark horse is going to have to be Fresno State. Fresno State played really, really well last year. They also won a really good ball game against a pretty solid Arizona State team as well, so they can get it done not only within their conference, they can get it done in non-conference games as well. I got Fresno State right behind Boise State. I can see Fresno State probably Probably not having a, the greatest of the years, uh, a good a season as that that was as good as last year. As the, uh, I don't see them necessarily winning a conference title, but they, I definitely see a ten-win team going to a 
pretty decent ball game. So I, I see Fresno State finishing 10 to 3. I definitely got Boise State winning that conference title. As far as a sleeper is concerned, uh, why not Utah State? Utah State finished uh, with a 7 and 1 record in the conference last year as well. They're bringing back some key places on off, uh, key, some key players on offense and defense as well. Um, I definitely think Utah Utah State is in the mix as a sleeper. Uh, so let's move on. We're gonna move on to the conference USA. Uh, conference USA, of course, uh, just like with a lot of these different conferences, they're pretty big. Uh, at least 12 teams here, and they are broken down into two divisions. So let's break it down. Let's go back to 2018, uh, where the where uh, conference broken conference USA was pretty much broken down like this. In the Eastern Division, you had Middle Tennessee coming out on top. They finished their season with a seven and one conference record. They would go on to finish at eight and six overall. Uh, for Marshall, they would come in at the second place spot in the division. They would finish six and two in conference play and nine and four overall. Florida International would tie up with them in the conference and overall with a record of six and two and then it's like I said nine and four overall. Charlotte would come through at four and four, five and seven overall. Uh Florida Atlantic will finish three and five overall and five. Uh, sorry, five and seven overall and three and five in conference play. Up next, you have Old Dominion at two and six overall, uh, two and six in conference play and four and eight overall. We have Western Kentucky here as well, who finished at two and six in conference play, but three and nine overall. In the West, you had UAB out there in Birmingham, Alabama, who finished seven and one in conference play, also eleven and three overall. We got North Texas. Coming up in the second place spot, they finished uh, five and three in conference play, and they also finished nine and four overall. Southern Mississippi would come through at five and three as well. They would finish six and five overall, though. Up next, you have UT San Antonio, who finished the season at two and six in conference play, but will go on to finish three and nine overall. We also have Rice and UTEP in El Paso. Uh, Rice would go on to finish one and seven in conference conference play so would uh ut el paso both finished one and seven in conference play uh rice will go on to finish two and eleven overall but utep will go on to finish one and twelve as far as the conference championship game is concerned uh uab was able to beat middle tennessee 27 to 25 for some key ball games here uh for the conference uh, Marshall was able to get it done in the Gasparilla Ball, 38-20 versus Flo uh, South Florida. In the Bahamas Ball, Florida International got it done against Toledo, 35-32. And finally, Appalachian State put a whooping on Middle Tennessee in the New Orleans Ball, 45-13. Conference uh, USA would go on to go 4-5 and five in their ball game. So, uh okay not that great uh but let's move on to this year we're going to start off with the all-conference team let's uh, start off with the first team offense and special teams of course we'll be damn just a few of the top guys here not everybody of course but we're going to start off with quarterback mason fine a senior out of north texas last year he completed 64.6 percent of his passes for 3793 yards for 27 touchdowns and also five interceptions up next we have a running back spencer brown who ran for a thousand uh, 227 yards, also 16 touchdowns. We also got punt returner Maurice Alexander, who got 357. Uh yards last year on punt returns and also returned a touchdown. On defense, you got defensive lineman Ladarius Hamilton from North Texas who led the conference in sacks last year. Actually came in second with seven and a half sacks. We also got linebacker Sage Lewis, a senior from Florida International who had 132 tackles last year. And at safety, you have 
Reed Blankenship, a junior out of Middle Tennessee. Last year, he amassed 107 tackles and eight tackles for loss, as well as four interceptions. For the second team, you have quarterback James Morgan, a senior out of Florida International. Last year, he completed 65% of his passes for 2,727 yards, also 26 touchdowns and seven uh, interceptions. Up next, we have Armani Levias, a senior out of Marshall. He had 25 catches last year for 327 yards, also three touchdowns. We also got defensive lineman uh, Ch- uh, Chimini uh, Hames, a senior out of Marshall, who had seven and a half sacks last year. Oh, and we also got Kyle uh, Kyle Hamby, a junior out of Southern Mississippi at the safety position. Last year, he led the conference with six interceptions. Now, let's get into recruiting real quick. We're going to start, of course, at the bottom with Charlotte, who brought in 16 overall commits, five three-star recruits, including wide receiver Noah Henderson, who was a 24th overall three-star prospect from Tennessee. They also brought an inside linebacker, Jalen Sharp. At the number 13 spot, we have Old Dominion, who brought in 33 overall recruits. They also brought in 10 three-star recruits, including quarterback Hayden Wolf, who's a 31st, uh, 31st overall uh, three-star rated quarterback. He also brought in, they also brought in defensive end Jarrell Baum. Uh, going to UT El Paso, they brought in 33 overall commits, along with eight three-star recruits. That includes running back Deion Hankins, athlete Mikhail Broussard, and also quarterback TJ Gordon. Right spot in 29 guys, 11 three-star prospects, including athlete Jake Bailey, and also defensive tackle DeBraylon Carroll. Up next, you have UT San Antonio. They brought in 22 guys, uh, also 16 three-star prospects. Uh, this would include safety Rashad Wisdom, also running back Sincere McCormick, and running back Ronnie Jackson. For Western Kentucky, the Hilltoppers, they would bring in 24 commute, 17 three-star guys. Uh, they brought in wide receiver Manuel Allen, wide receiver Taylor Smith, and also safety Clayton Bush, who was a 16th overall three-star prospect in Kentucky. They also we also got Louisiana Tech coming here at the number 8 spot with 18 commits uh, nine, uh, sorry, sorry, 14 three-star recruits. They brought an athlete, Charvis, uh, Charvis Thornton, and also defensive end Mikael Clark, who is a 69th three-star, uh, 69th rated three-star defensive end in the nation. Uh, up next, we have Florida International. They brought in 18 overall commits, 17 three-star recruits, uh, including running back Lexington Joseph, who is the 64th rated three-star running back in the nation. They also brought in quarterback uh, Stone Morton, who is 34th He's a 34th overall prospect from Tennessee. Up next, we have Middle Tennessee. They brought in 25 commits, 19 three-star recruits. This, uh, uh, including defensive back Marcus LaFrance. They also brought in defensive back Quincy Riley. Uh, up at up next at the fifth spot, we have Southern Miss, who brought in 28 guys, 21 three-star recruits. Quarterback uh, Jaden Johnson was the main guy here. 23rd overall third-star recruit from t- uh, Tennessee. They also brought in tight end Luke Baker. From North Texas, they were bringing 23 guys, 21 three-star commits. Uh, this uh, th- 
One of them being three-star wide receiver Deontay Simpson and also outside linebacker Grayson Murphy. Uh, for the UAB Blazers, they brought in 24 commits, including 18 three-star recruits. Offensive tackle Jamie Simpson was at Jamie Simmons was at top was at the top of their list. He's a 32nd overall prospect in Alabama. Uh, you also got defensive end Jordan Smith, the 11th rated three-star defensive end in the nation. Uh, at the number two spot, we have Marshall here. They brought in 31 guys 26 three-star recruits defensive end Dante Walker uh, is one of them and offensive tackle Josh Bell is the other or one of the others uh, 14th overall three-star offensive tackle and he's a 20 uh, 21st overall the three-star recruit from Kansas and finally at the top we have Florida Atlantic they will bring in 33 overall commits 28 three-star recruits uh, one of them being outside linebacker Diamante Howard they'll also bring in safety White tombs. Uh, as far as this the, uh, this conference goes, this is one of those conferences that I don't necessarily follow back to back. Uh, but from my understanding, from my knowledge, uh, from what I've always always seen from this conference, I was just to make a, a quick guess for today. Um, especially based on what I saw last year, I th- definitely think you have. Uh, mm, let's look at the la- let's look at these rosters. Let's look at these uh, stats real quick last year or these records last year mm. uh, why not why not say UAB um, again this is this is a conference that I'm not all familiar with but I like what UAB has been doing the last couple of years uh, they definitely recruited well uh, one of the top three schools in the conference again they played really well they're bringing back a lot of different starters though especially on offense I like UAB I think they're in the driver's seat why not uh why not win uh the conference again i think they could do it back to back uh as far as a sleeper i have a couple here i i i want to go um I think I'm going to go with North Texas, and I'm going to go with Marshall. Uh, they both finished uh, similar. They both finished pretty well within the conference. Marshall finished with six, uh, sorry, two conference losses last season. North Texas would go on, would go on to finish with three. The two pretty well recruiting teams. Both of them uh, did pretty okay in their ball games as well last season. I'm going to give the nod here. Um, yeah, like I said, it's a, it's a tie for my for my sleeper spot. I got Marshall and North Texas here. I think both these t- guys can can definitely sneak out a win. And at the sleeper spot, I got Florida International. I think they take a step down, uh, take a step down somewhat this year. Uh, they did not recruit super well uh, going into the season. Uh, but again, you have to respect that they finished near the top last year. So uh, they have some respect for me, but I think they take a step back. But I still have them as a sleeper team, that being Florida International. All right, y'all, I'm going to take a quick break. And when I come back, I'll be going over some baseball. Of course, we have some news to go over uh, from around the league, as well as the scores from uh, last night and yesterday as well. And then we'll be going over the standings, too. So let's get right back to it in a little bit. I'll be right back. All right, y'all, we're going to wrap this up for today. Like I said, I got some MLB news to go over. We're going to be going over the scores and the standings as well. Uh, but we got some news starting off in Oakland, and it looks like they have made, a, made an addition to their pitching rotation. Uh, the A's uh, have decided to sign a 30-year-old pitcher, Matt Harvey, uh, and they placed him on their, their Las Vegas AAA affiliate. Uh, he was signed by the Angels last season for $11 million, but he has not been doing very well. In 12 starts with the Angels, Harvey... 
uh, worked up an ERA of 7.09, which is terrible. Also, only had five strikeouts per nine innings. He also had four. He also gave up four walks pretty much a game as well. And on 22% of his fly balls, uh, he gave up home runs as well. So if you're getting any contact on him, uh, usually when hitters, well, just uh, sorry, not you, but hitters in general, when hitters in the league uh, get any type of power on him, they're taking him out the park. That's basically what I'm saying here. And he's also giving up a 3.27 on base percentage to hitters as well. So hitters are getting on base when they're facing him 32% of the time. That's all that matters. That's pretty much what I just said. It's not really good. That's not good baseball numbers right here. Uh, but of course, with all that being said, he will be placed in the minor leagues just, uh, you know, for sake of getting his, you know, his act together. Uh, of course, I don't think he's going to be, he doesn't fit within this starting rotation at this time. That'd be crazy. Uh, but currently the A's, uh, speaking of which, the A's uh, starting rotation currently consists of Tanner Wark and Homer Bailey, who they got at the uh, trade deadline. Two really good pieces, especially Homer Bailey. I'll talk about him in just a second as well. They also brought in Brett Anderson and Mike Fears, as well as Chris Bassett. So we have a capable pitching staff at the moment. Of course, we are uh, fighting for a wild card spot. We are two games back, but again, we do have a capable pitching staff, and if he is able to get his stuff together, maybe we can add another ace. And there was one point in time where he, he was really a good pitcher, and it wasn't that far long ago, maybe two or three years ago, uh, maybe a little bit more. But again, uh, he he was at one point in time, Matt Harvey was a good pitcher, and maybe the A's are hoping they can get they can tap back into that. Uh, moving on, we got some news coming from Dodgerland, aka Hollywood, and Mr. Kershaw has made some history. The Dodgers pitcher pitcher set a modern record for most batters struck out to begin a game with seven in 1973. Andy Mastersmith, another Los Angeles Dodger, would do uh, would strike out six to begin a game. Uh, now he finished last night's game, uh, Clayton Kershaw, that for that matter, but finished last night's game going for seven innings, basically getting the win, only giving up two hits, and he also had two strikeouts, uh, ten strikeouts, and of course he gave up no walks and no runs. Uh, and this is the second game this season in which he had 10 strikeouts, and they're both against Miami. So Miami sucks. Uh, Clayton Kershaw is on fire. They're definitely going to the playoffs, but they have to win the World Series. So, again, he's made another record, and I'm going to pat him on the bat for that. I think that's really cool to have. Uh, but, again, we already know what his true goal is and what the Dodgers' true goal should be, and that should be the World Series. So, again, good job for him. Um, he did make some history, but now it's time to bring home the trophies. And finally, in terms of the news, we have Ronald Acuna Jr. from the Atlanta Braves. Uh, he currently sits at 30 uh, home runs and 28 stolen bases on the season with only six weeks to go. So that means one thing. He can he has a possibility. Uh, it might not happen, but he is in the running for the 40-40 club. This is 40, 40 uh, home runs and also 40 steals. This is, I wouldn't say the most elite of company in terms of Hall of Famers, but it's really selective and not a whole lot of people have done it. Only five other people, actually four of the players have done it, including outfielders Jose Consenco and also Barry Bonds, so there you go. Also Alfonso Soriano as well, and third baseman Alex Rodriguez. So again, uh, he's definitely uh, on par to do that. And the first time it was ever done was in 1988 by Jose Canseco. So, again, this is relatively new. But, again, it's a pretty pretty prestigious club, I would say. I mean, um, <clears throat> Jose Canseco, you can say what you want about him. Of course, Barry Bonds, of course. Uh, he still gets his respect regardless. Alfonso Soriano was a serviceable outfitter for the Yankees as well. He won World Series titles with them. And then you got Alex Rodriguez, who... 
who say, who can say the same. He's won a World Series as well. So in a very, and especially in his prime, a very capable player, uh, especially on the offensive end. So again, for Ronald Acuna Jr., uh, he's going up. He's going to be joining if he's able to get to the 40-40 club. I'm not saying you know he's going to be amongst everybody's favorite of athletes or uh, you know. Uh, the best overall football of sorry baseball players but again um you say what you want but jose caseco uh drugs and all that of beyond that was a pretty solid baseball player at one time Barry bond same thing so again he's gonna be going up uh with some quality you know he's gonna be if he's able to make the 40 40 club he'll be up there with some quality baseball players we can say what we want but that's a that's a very exclusive club and it means a lot especially for a team like the braves who recently uh, i would say within the last two or three years or so got themselves into some hot trouble and they have been prevented from really recruiting foreign players and from really having you know so they can't they can't really pursue them they can't really sign in the contracts apparently it was a, a while back uh they did something um well they cheated I, I don't remember the exact situation but for the past few years they've been pretty much banned from recruiting international players so so to have ronald Acuna step up and do this for them and help them out uh good job good job for the braves and this is probably this is why they're in uh, the position where they're at, which is to win the division. Uh, is he an MVP candidate? Why not? I think so. Uh, I think he's one of the top players out there. I don't think he's leading in any category per se, uh, but he's in, he's in the top 10, at least in homers, so of course, stolen bases. This is a 60th career run, a home run. He's only been playing for two seasons. So if not this season, uh, then soon. You gotta, you gotta say soon. I think there's a lot of people you can look at this year. Uh, you got Cody Bellinger from the, the uh, Dodgers. You also got Clayton Kershaw. Uh, maybe even Hinjin Ryu uh, uh, as a sleeper pick, another pitcher from the Dodgers. Um, Christian Yellick, of course, is a is you know in there in that French conversation in the MLB in NL MVP debate. Uh, so uh, very you know in terms of an MVP trophy, that's going to be tough tough competition. But that 40-40 club will will do a good will do good for him in the future, especially setting him up for Hall of Fame in the Hall of Fame and all that, and being one of the best that to ever do it the 40-40 club for him is good it's good for Ronald Acuna especially at this point in his career like again like I said he's this is just his second year if I'm not mistaken second or third second or third year in the pros so again good look on him good look on his uh, organization for picking him out of course you got to give them some props too for being able to uh, recruit him so Good luck on the Braves. Let's move on to the scores from yesterday and from last night. We're going to start off in the American League. The Rangers were able to get it done last night against uh, the Rangers were able to get it done against the Blue Jays. Excuse me, seven and three was the final score. We got the Orioles getting it done as well. I'm sorry, the Yankees getting it done as well. This time against the Orioles, six to five was the final score there. Uh, we have a, a AL matchup between two playoff bound teams, potentially playoff bound teams. Uh, the Red Sox were able to get it done, uh, getting the win against the Indians. Five to one for the Red Sox they were led by their shortstop Xander Bogarts who had three hits and he also had four RBIs including a home run as well we also got third baseman Rafael Devers getting a home run and getting a uh, uh, getting uh, sorry getting an RBI as well in terms of pitching uh, Brian Johnson got the start for the Red Sox he did not do so well he only went for two innings gave up two hits uh, also two walks as well I think he got an injury I'll have to uh, get back to you guys on that one but the bullpen was able to come through for the Red Sox going for five innings giving up only two hits and also zero on runs 
And for the Indians, of course, uh, shortstop Francisco Lindor was was only uh, was the was able to get the only run that they were able to get. Uh, moving on, we got the Brewers beating the Twins six to five. There's some interleague play right here. Uh, two playoff bound teams. We're gonna break this one down as well. For the Brewers, they were led by their left fielder Trent Grisham, uh, who hit his second career home run. Excuse me, in the eighth inning, he also put in three RBIs as well. First baseman Eric Thames uh, getting another start last yesterday. Excuse me, getting three hits, also two RBIs, and pitcher Gio Gonzalez just had a terrible game. Uh, basically, you know, uh, put the put the Brewers in a situation where they could have lost, but they were able to pull, they were able to pull it together. Uh, he started off with well, he started off only going three innings. He gave it five hits and five earned runs. He also gave it four walks as well, but he did have five strikeouts. But for the bullpen. Uh, the much maligned Brewers bullpen has got a lot of flack this season. Uh, they were able to come up come up really big last night, going for four innings, giving up only one hit and zero earned runs. For the Twins, of course, they were led by the shortstop Jorge Polanco, who had a two-run single, uh, third baseman Miguel Sano, and also Marvin Gonzalez, as well as catcher uh, Mitch Carver hit RBIs as well. Moving on, we got the Chicago White Sox getting it upset, beating up on the Astros 13-9. We got the Rockies getting it done against the Diamondbacks 7-6. We got the Padres beating the Rays 7-2. Uh, uh, in the Battle of the Bay, my A's were able to get it done against those weak-ass Giants. Yes, I said it. Let's get right into it. The A's uh, were led by left fielder Robbie Grossman, who had, a three, who had three hits, including the two-run home run. Also, third baseman Matt Chapman had two hits and two RBIs as well. And Matt Olson was able to get a two was able to get two hits, and two, including the two-run home run. And Homer Bailey was able to get the win, going for seven innings, two hits, and seven Ks. This is, this is at least a second and third win that I've seen Homer Bailey get as an A. And I like it. I like Homer Bailey. He's pretty damn good. Moving on to the Giants, they were led by their left fielder Mike Yastrzemski, who had a three-run home run. Tyler Beatty, he got the start for the Giants yesterday. Did not do well at all. He went for about four innings, gave up eight hits, four earned runs, but he did get five strikeouts. So there you go. Giants are still trash. Moving on to the NL, we got the Nationals getting it done against the Reds, 17 to seven. Another beatdown. The Nationals, they are still competing for that division. Who knows if they're going to get it, but they still going to fight for it. I know that much. So are the Phillies as well. They were able to get a good win against the Cubs, 11-1. We're going to break this one down as well. For the, the Phillies, excuse me, they were led by their catcher, JT Realmuto, who had, who had two hits, including a grand slam to just shut the door on anything the Cubs thought they were going to do. Bryce Harper has been coming to life as of recently. Uh, I, he didn't get a home run this game, but he was able to get three hits and also three RBIs as well. And in terms of pitching, uh, the, the Phillies were led by Aaron Nola, who went for seven innings, gave up three hits, but only one on run. He also had seven strikeouts as well. And for the Cubs, they were able to get one RBI off uh, from their third baseman, Chris Bryant. And Cole Hamels, their starting pitcher, had a terrible day on the mound. Going for only two innings, he gave up nine hits and also gave up eight earned runs on top of that. Uh, moving on, we got the Dodgers getting it done against the Marlins, 9-1. to one. The Mariners uh, lose to the Tigers, 2-3. to three. We got the Mets losing to the, uh, the Braves, excuse me, 4-6. to six. Uh, the Angels get it done against the Pirates, 7-4. And finally, um, we got the Cardinals beating the Royals, 6-0. Let's move on to the standings. We're going to start off in the AL East as we normally do. Of course, the Yankees, they're still on top. They are. They've made it to the 80-win mark. 81-41 is their current record. They've gone 8-2 in their last 10. There is no stopping them. Injuries and all. 
I'm just curious to see what happens with them in the playoffs because they do not have any good reliever relief pitchers. So we'll see what happens. That bullpen leaves a lot to be desired. So I'm very interested in what happens to them in the playoffs. At the second place spot, we have the Rays, who are 71 and 51. They are in the Nick in it. They are in a pitch battle for that second place uh, wild card spot. They are currently 10 games back in the division, and they've gone seven and five, uh, seven and three, excuse me, in the last 10. The Red Sox are the next team up at 64. 59 they are 17 and a half games back five and five and five in the last 10 you can pretty much eliminate them from the playoff contention playoff contention there's no way they're gonna make up any ground in this division and i think at this point i mean the wild card spot is it's hard for the a's to get right now just us being two games back so i know at 64 and 59 the red sox put a fork in them they're done uh at the, at the fourth and fifth place spots we have the blue jays and the orioles here respectively blue jays are at 50, 51 and 73, and the Orioles are at 39 and 82. Trash bags. At 89, uh, sorry, at the AL Central, we have the Twins on top. They are 72 and 48, 4 and 6 in their last 10. Right behind them, though, are the Cleveland Indians at 72 and 49, just a half game back. They're going 64 in the last 10. Next, you have the Chicago White Sox at 54 and 65. Trash bags. And at the bottom, you have two more trash bags the Royals and the Tigers. The Royals are at 43 and 78 and the Tigers are at 36 and 81. Moving on to the AL West, we have the Astros here at 78 and 43. Again, they just keep running rough shot over the league, at least in the AL West. 73 in the last 10 and it's looking like no signs of them slowing down. At the number two spot, we have the A's who are still trying the battle. Uh, they are 68 and 52. They, they're nine and a half games back, 64 in the last 10. We are two games back in that wild card spot. Uh, for the Rangers, they are 60 and 60. They are 500. Uh, the number four spot, we have the Angels here at 59 and 63. And finally, bringing up the rear here, we have the Mariners at 49 and 72. Uh, we're going to go off to the NL, starting with the NL East. We have the Braves here, who are still on top at 72-50, and 6-4 in the last 10. We have the Nationals here, who are 65-55, and 55, six games back in that division, 7-3 in the last 10. Up next, we have the Phillies at 62-58, and 58, nine games back, 4-6 and six in the last 10. And, of course, we have the Miracle Mets, who are 61-59, and 59, 10 games back, 7-3 in the last 10. But they're looking pretty hot, so we don't know what can exactly happen with those guys they are of course um they are of course within the, the wild card battle so i'll give them that let's move on to the nl central where we have the cardinals here they are on top of the division of the division at 63 and 55 five and a half uh five and a half in the last 10. the cubs are right behind them pretty much by a half a game they are 64 and 56 five and five in the last 10. we also have the brewers here at 63 and 58 that puts them one and a half games back a third place spot in 64 in the last 10. we have the reds here who are seven and a half game back technically still in it but they do not have a shot at the wild card so i don't Really know how 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 in it you could really be they're five and five in the last 10 by the way and finally at the bottom we have the pirates here who are at 50 and 70. let's move on to the nl west where we have the dodgers here who are still on top nobody stopping these guys 81 and 41 is their current record 91 is in the last 10. the only thing that matters now is bringing home the world series trophy i'm going to keep saying it if they lose i'm roasting i'm roasting uh at the number two spot we have the diamondbacks here at 61 and 60 19 and a half games back six and four in the last 10 
there's no there's no hope for them to get to the playoffs. I'm just gonna be honest with you. We also got the Giants here. There's no hope for them as well. 60 and 61, 20 games back. They've gone four and six in the last ten. They're done. And also you have the Pirate the Padres here at 56 and 64. And then at the bottom we have the Rockies here at 54 and 67. All right, y'all. I'm gonna call it a wrap for today. My next episode will be a word on the street segment. Of course, we'll be going over the biggest news uh, in well in the country in the world in my backyard don't matter we're gonna be talking about it as well as i got a artist profile actually i got a review for you guys i'll be going over erica badu's album i think that's her debut album baduism so y'all get prepared for that uh for the weekend of course we have the uh i'm gonna try to put out the sunday night special and in the week mlb update as well as some uh nfl NFL previews as well uh the nfl previews i'm gonna definitely try to put out for the end of this week we're gonna be talking about some um some preseason action as well so i'll i'll try to get the nfl preseason action some of the the action to you guys uh tomorrow i'll say that review uh in the the world on the street probably saturday uh and then i'll hit you guys up with that end of the week uh baseball segment sunday and whatever sports come to mind on sunday i'll give you one more uh sports update on sunday all right y'all if y'all looking to get in touch with me of course i am on facebook and instagram you can look me up at l jamal ajani that is e-l-j-a-m-a-h-a-d-j-a-n-i once again that is l jamal ajani e-l-j-a-m-a-h-a-d-j-a-n-i if you're looking to reach my email i could be reached there as well at ljbutler75 at gmail.com once again that is ljbutler75 at gmail.com eljbutler75 at gmail.com eljbutler75 at gmail.com uh, i also got some uh, i also got a facebook page for the show as well at never out of bounds that is where i have some links there to the paypal and the uh the the cash app if you are looking to donate uh thank you if you if you can whatever whatever you got is is uh is needed and is actually is very um what's, what's the word here it's appreciated so whatever you got in terms of donations or just uh, interactions with me, don't do not be do not feel afraid. Just reach out. I'm here and I'm willing to answer. All right, y'all. I'm gonna call it a wrap for today. If anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. Peace out. One love, and I holla at y'all later.